episode with uh mike mcdonald yesterday on the 17th of march i was scrolling through my timeline and i started to see pictures of mike mcdonald everywhere and um you know when you see celebrities everywhere either something great happened or something awful happened and unfortunately something awful happened and uh he passed away mike mcdonald was basically the comedy dad of Canada. He was so wonderful and literally going through my timeline, it's just tributes to Mike McDonald and everybody has a personal story of how he took the time to make them feel special or make them feel welcome in the comedy community. Um, He was the comic that all Canadian comedians watched on Just for Laughs when we were kids. And uh, he he was just so special. And it's so upsetting that he's gone. He's gone way too soon. He was only 63. He had health issues. And um, uh, but it was it's still it was a complete shock uh, yesterday. And so many people have said such wonderful things about him. But the first thing I did was I went and I listened to this podcast just because I remembered being so happy that he was A, doing it, and B, being so open. Um, I I love him on the podcast. I hate me. (laughs) I'm way too loud. And um, he was soft-spoken. And uh, so ignore me as much as you can. I'm sorry that I was even on this episode. Just listen to everything that he had to say. Um, I think this was done two summers ago. I can't remember. No, one summer ago. No, two summers. I don't. It was done a few years ago. Um, we talk about things that hadn't, you know, we talk about women in comedy, which was really awesome to talk to him about because he was such an ally to women. And um, he was never one of those comics that ever made you feel uncomfortable or. He was never sleazy. He was never nothing. He was never nothing but a complete supportive gentleman. And, you know, he didn't have kids of his own, but I I really feel like all of the Canadian comics were his kids. And we we're all very sad that he's gone. So enjoy this episode. And um, like I did, it was really nice to hear his voice again. Something really exciting. Um, there were, There's a documentary that he had been filming for the last year and a half, and um, it's going to be coming out soon. Um, I don't know when it's coming out. Uh, Someone posted it on Facebook today, and um, uh, it's really cool. It's really cool. It's called, just let me pull it up. It's called The Mic Stand, which is great, and um, yeah, it looks incredible. I'm sad that he's gone, but we're so lucky that we had him. And um, please enjoy this week's episode and remember him for being such an amazing human being. And um, again, we're so lucky that we got Mike McDonald. Do anything crazy, I just go. So you were just talking about Mike Bullard, mm-hmm. the Mike Bullard show. Yeah, he's a nice guy. Do you? Re- I remember. <laughs> is that is that your honest opinion? Yeah, he's a nice guy. He is a nice guy. When he I was a great guy. Yeah, 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 he was really really nice. Yeah, yeah, I I just don't see him very much. You know, I mean, he's one of those guys that I see like maybe once once a year, once every two years. Yeah. So it's weird. You know, it, it, that's the thing about comedy. You can be working all over the place and never bump into, and it, and it's important to hang out with people who can speak comedy, 
Like yes. It, like it's one thing to make the what I call the non-coms to laugh, but it's another thing to to spar with people that know how to talk comedy. So th that's why the festivals are so good because you get a chance to hang out with other headliners that you normally Never would be to. working separately in clubs. So at festivals, you get to hang out with them. So that's cool. Yeah. For the most part. No, I get Yeah, for the most part. <laughs> There's some I go, I, I don't need to see you. I think that is why, because festivals are sometimes a little bit of a reunion. Yeah. Because you, you move scenes or you you move countries yeah. or... And, you know, the festival like Montreal, for example, one of the things I always loved about it was, especially at the beginning, I would see and meet people that I used to watch when I was a kid, like on Ed Sullivan. And, you know, when I met Jerry Lewis and... And Alan King and Lily Tomlin and Milton. Bur I mean, it was it was cool because I grew up watching these people. Do you know that you're that person to me? Well, th that's the weird part. Somebody said, "Well, okay, now you're old. Now there's people." It's not that you. It, oh, okay, it's well, not because you know, you're that's cool. old. It's just that I've been around. You've been around. I remember watching you on Just for Laughs. Yeah. I remember vividly watching this one bit you did about cats and cat can <laughs> openers. Yeah. And my mom lost her sh like she was dying laughing. I remember just looking at how hard she was laughing, and I thought. Like, I just remember thinking, I want to make people laugh like that. She, my mom loves you. My mom's going to die when she finds out that. Uh, ah, that's cool. Like, yeah. But yeah. I love you too. But you were, because you were like, you were the face of comedy in Canada when I was a kid. Yeah. For a while there. Yeah. Yeah. You were, you know, and you've been to Just for Laughs more than anybody else. Um, I'm not sure now. Yeah. Uh, I, I've been there like maybe 25 times, but uh, not in a row. So there are years that I haven't been there. So somebody maybe have, may have caught up to me. I don't know. Maybe Andy Kindler and his alternative yeah, show. I mean, I, <laughs> I'm not really sure because, you know, that's the kind of stuff I don't count. Yeah. Uh, as far as, you know, like like once, once they told me to stay home and not come, they had broke my streak, my record. And then after that, I stopped counting. Why would they do that? I... <sighs> There's something, I mean, I, I like Just For Us and I appreciate what they do and maybe I shouldn't talk, I'm not even talking bad about them, but I always just find that like they have this resource of amazing Canadian comedians and we're, we're not always the ones that they go for. Well, yeah, I mean, yeah, there, there's an argument on both sides of that because, you know, it's who sells tickets and yes. who's popular. So you can't, you can't begrudge some comedian for being hot when you're not, mm -hmm. you know what I mean? So, but my fantasy, of course, is to come out with something that that makes me hot and for that moment that i'm hot and they go mike what what do you want to do well i i wouldn't mind hosting a gala but here's my list of people that I wanna, you want i want on it and gee it's all canadians that have never been there before oh that's amazing you I know it, it's yeah. it's incredible to me that somebody like kenny robinson has never been that is he's just, never you know been I mean? ever that's kind of weird he's yeah. never ever been to just for laughs yeah so that's that, that that's kind of weird, especially that's upsetting. When, actually, when you know, I, I I can see if they would have saw him ten years ago, fifteen years ago, they might think okay. But he's one of those guys that's gotten better. And he better just and keeps better. getting better. I mean, it's like the the greatest thing about any comedian that I've seen from the beginning to where they are now is uh, the growth spurt. I mean, I feel sorry for the ones that don't get that growth spurt. I mean, it's sad to see somebody five years later and they're doing the exact same thing. But for a lot of other people, you know, it's it's great to see them mature. And th and that's why it's so stupid with the clubs and stuff when you have the thing, you, you know, you can't play there if you play here. It, it's like it, the only way you can get better is by the stage time. So it ultimately helps. It's like the difference in uh, the studios now. Uh, there, there's a great documentary called Fanarchy that it's in rotation right now on HBO, but I think it's, uh, I'm not sure if it's on Netflix, or anything, but it's really worth what It's from the crowdfunding fans that, you know, like there's oh. a guy out there that has the Star Trek continues. They have three seasons of new Star Trek episodes with the new, and they have all the stuff that makes it look like the exact, uh, you know, like the original series. And it's great. And it's funded by the fans. Yeah. And the people who own the rights to Star Trek, instead of saying, no, cease and desist, like Walt Disney used to do that. Walt Disney, uh, ba back in the 90s, there was a nursery 
for kids at a daycare that put up a mural with the Disney character, and they got to cease and desist. Are you for take, real? Take down the mural from the lawyers. But now the attitude has changed because they realize, no, no, the more people like our brand, ultimately the more money we get. So to have comedians play other clubs and get better, that only helps you when they headline your clubs. So yeah. It's stupid to have that high school clique mentality. I think that every comic would agree with, with you on that, that it's just frustrating when you just want to get on stage. Yeah. And, you know, and I think that's one of the problems in Canada, let alone we don't have a star system, won't have a star system. Um, but, you know, like we have all of these amazing people, but they won't promote us yeah and it's it's yeah there's lack of promotion there's there's a a lack of nurturing that used to be there in the early 80s i mean yuck yucks used to be a very nurturing place what was it were you around when it first started uh not for the first couple of years no but i mean uh i moved from ottawa to toronto in i think 1980 so i was there pretty close to like when they had just moved to yorkville so I, I was in like the second wave, and did, and was Yuck Yucks like you just that was that was the thing, right? Well, it was really eclectic because they didn't have a liquor license, so it was Whoa. like a coffee house, and some of the acts like like I was very normal in the sense of when I came in, my my idol was uh, Richard Pryor, and my blueprint for comedy was the first Richard Pryor concert film. When I got there, everybody else was like. Uh, uh, a lot of sketch stuff, a lot of the character stuff. Uh, a couple of the stand-ups were into Bill Cosby, Robert Klein, which, you know, Ro- Robert Klein I like too, but but they were kind of straight. It was like when I came in, all of a sudden I, I got my crew together. It was Lawrence Morgenstern, Ron Vaudrey, Simon Rakoff, and Howard Nemitz, and we came in with a little darker side of the comedy, more uh, aggressive, to say the least. And when Yuck Yuck switched over and got their liquor license, a lot of the acts that were eclectic retreated to Queen Street because they couldn't take the hecklers and the drunks. Yeah. Whereas me and my crew, we were the first ones to say, fuck me? No, fuck you. <laughs> yes. You know what I mean? So, you know, we, we were the first ones to stand up. Fuck you, you drunk. Get out. You know what I mean? I, 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 I cleared uh, half an audience for like many a time saying, I'll, I'll pay for your money. Get out, you idiots. And, but, you know, they're all drunk and whatever. But it was, it was a great time. But... I, I think I think one of the things I would have liked to have seen is Yuck Yucks a little longer without the liquor license. But the liquor license equals money. Money, so, yeah. So, I mean, oh. at, at some point you can't fight being able to make more money. Yeah. It, it was too bad because there was a lot of acts that were really cool and they sort of faded into the background. Can you think of anybody that you remember watching? Well, that? yeah. I mean, I, 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 can, I can name them all, but uh, I would be afraid to name any for the for the thing of missing somebody. Yeah. You know I mean, yeah. somebody that deserves to be mentioned. But for most people, um, it, it's not something that they would go, oh, yeah, that person. You know what I mean? Because uh, very few of them have continued. Like... They've ended up with creative jobs behind the camera, you know, that kind of thing. But very few of them have remained in front of the camera. Yeah. That happens a lot, though, where, like, I remember the people I started with. One of your favorites, Andrew Iwanek. <laughs> we started, I he was a couple of years ahead of me, but uh, he was the first kind of comic to kind of accept me. Like, I remember we were sitting in a restaurant where we all hung out before the show, and uh he started drawing on me and this other comic said, Oh, he accepts you because he's drawing on you. Cause he was a strange and yeah. odd person. And you know, Andrew, but he's like one of those people where I don't know. I don't even know where he is anymore. Like I think he's in Edmonton and I know he's still doing comedy, but it frustrates me because he was so yeah. different and funny and weird. Yeah. There's a lot of people, unfortunately that haven't endured, you know, and they quit comedy altogether, which is too bad because, uh, there's not anybody I can think of from right from the beginning when I got there that wasn't worth their time on stage. You yeah. Know I mean, like everybody was really cool. Everybody's pretty funny. It was different. I mean, a lot of it wasn't my cup of tea, but it that doesn't make it bad. You know what I mean? It's like like people always, you know, it sucks. You know? No, no, you can't say something sucks because everything, even yodeling requires a certain amount of talent. You can say you don't like it. 
but you can't say it sucks. Yeah. Because it doesn't suck. It's it's you know all these things are art forms and they're and they're done well by certain and certain people do it better than others. But you can't say it's you can only say I don't like it. Yeah, <laughs> and that's why that's why comedy is a cool thing because there there is so many like stand up is stand up, but there are so many different yeah. ways to go. Like well, also the problem with stand up as opposed to all the other art forms, most people will readily admit not knowing a lot about ballet. Like I, I don't know the terms. I don't know. I don't know what's. I, I know what I like, but I don't know. What do you like about ballet? Yeah, well, you know the, the, <laughs> the fact that you know it, it takes it takes the talent. The, you know the, the strength. Yeah, the strength and endurance. You know, and sometimes when it's put with the right music, and you know what I mean, it, it can elicit an emotion from you, and that's what all art should do, which is good, but. The problem, like I said, you know, people are readily ad- to admit uh, not knowing a lot about a certain art form, but everybody says, oh, I have, I have a good sense of humor. Oh, yeah, I know you don't. Yeah. <laughs> I, yeah. I can prove to you if you sat down with me, I can logically point out how you don't have a good sense of where the humor is. And, you know, it's like. <laughs> well, I think people don't understand what that term means then because, like, yeah. you, like the, the sense of humor is, like, you can see humor in things. Yeah. But the people that sit there with their arms crossed and the, yeah. and judging everything, that you have a yeah. terrible sense of humor because you're not you willing know, the, to let go. The thing about uh, good comedians is, you know, we we point out stuff that the average person might miss or that they've never seen. But, but that's true with all good art. They point out things that... Like you see something every day, but somebody says, well, have you ever noticed that? Ba, 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 ba? And you go, oh, wow, I've never looked at it that way. And it open, you know, opens you up to it. So like something like uh, with Mark, Mike Ward, the thing that just happened where he's been sued or whatever, how the Human Rights Tribunal yeah, has fined him. back with a verdict. 35,000. And you know what else is stupid? Plus punitive damages. I think it plus seven thousand for his more than mom. 50. Yeah. He has to give $7,000 to this kid's yeah. mom because she was damaged. Let me tell you how many times I came home from school in oh, tears yeah. telling mom, my mom I wanted to kill myself because boys were calling yeah. me fat. If, yeah. If, if you're going to sue a comedian, you in that situation, you, you should also sue the school for allowing the bullying to go on. Yes. And, this, and the, the bullies themselves get sued them. I mean, let's have some consequences for the bullies. But... The, the problem with the Mike Ward case is we don't get to choose our precedent case. Like, I myself personally would not do a joke like that. It's not my cup of tea. And, you know, it's it's not my choice for the first joke to stand up and go, no, we have to fight this. But it doesn't matter. You We don't get to choose. The, the, the precedent is set now, and it's a dangerous slope, and that's the thing we have to stand up with Mike Ward and say, no, this is wrong because, you know, w- when's it going to end? Exactly. You yeah. Know? I mean, like uh, Dave McConnell last night, he was saying that he heard about this school that um, they banned clapping for the noise sensitive students. I mean, please. I can't handle that anymore. Yeah, it's getting a little too crazy <laughs> with the, uh, you know, not wanting to, you know, offend or hurt or, th- you know what I mean? You, you, just because you have bad feelings about something does not, you shouldn't make it go away, you know? Yeah. I mean, there are, I mean, it's a, it's a good it's a good thing within, within you to hate certain things. You know, it's good when you're growing up, you judge which is good, what, what's right, what's wrong. Mm-hmm. But if you never see what's wrong, how, how do you know what's right? And my, my other kind of argument about the whole thing is this kid wanted to be famous he wanted to be in the spotlight and the spotlight is really painful sometimes nobody complained when people were making jokes about justin bieber when he was underage or about any child performer nobody because he didn't have a disability yeah i mean the the, the disability card is played there and and rightfully so to to an extent i mean i i personally i would have stopped doing the joke and everything but as a as a as a point of law and stuff, we have to stand with Mike Ward because it's uh, the end result is that that slippery slope. That what else are we gonna be subjected for to all not us. being able to say? And it's know? not even about the money. Like he could do a fundraiser show and raise the money in one night. It's about the future yeah. of comedy and, and, in and Canada. Ultimately, I think for him, it's a good thing because. He's gotten all this press. Yeah, no one knew who he was outside of Quebec before. I mean, the amount of money that you would have to pay to get that press organically, uh, it's it's a lot higher than the press that he's been getting. So ultimately, I I, I don't worry about him and his career. He's fine. He'll he'll endure, blah, blah, blah. 
but I am a little worried of people. You know, you know, he he should be, you know, not being uh, not able to do comedy at all. No, no, no. You have the right to not go to a show. To not, you have the right to protest the mm-hmm. show. You you have the right to phone the theater and go. If you hire this guy, I'm never going to your theater again. But you can't say that this guy deserves not to. You know, I mean, there are plenty of acts that I don't like. Mm-hmm. But some people do, and who am I to say no? You can't go see. Don't go see this guy. Yeah, comedy is subjective. Yeah, it's well, we with anything. I mean, there's stuff that people like, stuff that people don't. But it's a slippery slope when you start deciding. Have you ever had a really bad complaint about you? Um, not really. I've been very fortunate. I I, I get away with a lot, you know. And uh, I mean, when I talk about suicide stuff like that, and I get people coming up to me, go, oh, it's really great that you talked about it. I mean. I, I get more positive feedback than anything else, but it never never ends to surprise me. The, like the most flack I've ever gotten for any joke was the joke I posted on Facebook uh, at the time when the Malaysia airline thing was still you know viable in the news cycle. But it was a good six weeks into it, so every late night sh- talk show host had their jokes. Letterman, you know, I mean, everybody did, you know jokes about it so it was in the cycle and all i said was you know the weird thing about the malaysian air flight is the plane still lost but all the luggage just showed up <laughs> and that's funny i got unfriended i got blocked i had one guy say i, I guess that liver transplant that you received didn't come with any humanity <gasps> and i was like this is a simple joke a switch yeah normally it's the luggage that gets lost now i'm saying the, the luggage it, the, you know it's just a simple i mean a lot of times comedy is just going the other way yeah you know do you think- i mean uh, i mean for me a lot of it is worst case scenario or going the other way <laughs> you know th- those are my top two choices yeah yeah with most subjects but uh i you know i i didn't mention that anything about uh these people are dead yeah. i hope they're dead or you know i didn't I thought it was a simple luggage joke, but people went, and you know, of all the things I've ever said in my 38 years of doing comedy. That was it. That was it. <laughs> it that's was like, weird. What? That, that's so, it's so weird how people Say, interpret things too, how they like, how they change what you're trying to say and make it to fit like their little agenda. Oh, yeah. Do you think that sensitivity is going to get worse or people are going to start being well, like, I got to settle I, down I, a little I, bit. I think it's like everything. I mean, uh, you, you, you have to let the pendulum swing to the radical side before it can come back into the mainstream. Like for, for example, the, the fact that at the Republican national convention, the the candidate said, you know, like, I'm going to protect the LGBTQ. I'm I'm not. Have they added more letters? I'm not sure. You know what I mean. But whatever it is, they they actually mentioned it in a speech, in an acceptance speech. So it's getting a little bit. But you know, of course, you have but to why wait, are people wait till they follow through it? Well, they're applauding because most people accept that the pendulum is swinging back. No, I mean, but why you know? are the Republicans being applauded for, oh, my God, they finally mentioned it. It's 2016. Well, yeah. That, like, this, that should be said. That should know, be said. What oh, is wrong with well, yeah, you? Of course. But, you know, the the Republicans, they're always slow to the because I, I, what was that great meme? It said Republicans respond to things when it happens to them. Yeah. Democrats respond to things so that won't happen to anybody else Mm -hmm. you know what i mean so that's that's the main difference with a lot of that but you know at least it's a step forward that it's becoming more mainstream but on the other side of that too i i really resent the people like going okay well you know the gay should tone it down now now that we all you know, it's like, Except we're here, we're queer, or get used to it. Okay, we're used to it. No, no, no. You don't get to say when you're used to it. When you, you know, when the tables are turned on you, you don't say, okay, okay let's all play nice now. Fuck you. You have to take your lumps for a while. Yeah. <laughs> you know what I mean? It's it's just part of the game. You you don't get to tell, you know, like the, the thing with rape and women. You, you don't, you know, but, but what about the men? No, 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 no. We'll get to the men in a minute. For, it's the same thing, black. All lives matter. No, 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 no. Yes. Yeah, that's, it's understood. All lives matter. But right now, these are the ones that matter. concentrating on the people that a need lot. to help the most. Yeah. 
And, you know, like the, that therapist that got shot with his hands. I mean, it, it's how blatant does it have to be before, you know, yeah. like like I'm sitting there going, I've seen a lot of firsts in my life. You know, the first black president, the first woman, this, the first gay person that I'm hoping to be alive when I see the first white cop going to jail because he killed an unarmed black man. It's true. You know? Well, it also, though, the guy that shot the uh, the guy that shot the, the therapist, he was Latino. So I think it's like I mean. It's not a lot of the times it's a white cop, right. but it's also I think that the police are in, are so not I don't know if the word is corrupt, but they're just in this bad mentality, and they they have trained themselves to think that the black people are dangerous. Well, yeah, I, I, mean, I think that's what's happened, and they need to untrain that because it's not true. And, and and it's also tough too, where they have to face that kind of shit on a daily, hourly basis. Yeah, so, you know, it's where so there should be you know i mean there there are guys that are obviously more uh more in the know than me and they have said stuff like you know they should abolish the quotas they should you know they should have a, a rotation of being on the street and being behind a desk back and forth so mm-hmm. you so you calm down so mm-hmm. you de-escalate you know and and there should be more training with the de-escalation like i noticed the cop show, like the Canadian cop shows, they always show the cops de-escalating a situation yeah. where the, uh, the cops on Fox. It's always guns you know, out, guns out, blah blah blah. Get on the ground, do this, you know. So uh, there's a lot, but but also it's like all these people that bitch and moan. We should support our police. Yeah, support them with your tax dollars. Yes. If you, if you're going to retrain all these guys, that's going to cost money. And like like uh, I have no problem paying higher taxes for health care. Because everybody gets it, and I have no problem with paying higher taxes for the police to be trained yeah. properly. So, but that's the thing you have, and the Republicans, you know, there are no taxes. No, people have to pay for the fucking, you know, you have to pay for the schools, the roads, the hospital, the police, the firemen, the nurses. I mean, every, you know. I think it all, and you I have to pay for that. Yeah, stuff. and I keep on going back every time I argue about something or talk about something. I feel like mental health is a, such a huge issue that everyone is ignoring. Like, our police um, mandatorily have to go and speak to a counselor once a week. Is that something that they have to do? I don't know if well, it is, may, may, but it should be. Maybe not once a week, but certainly, like, I, I would say once every six months, once a year. I mean, I think more than that. I think way more than that because, because I think that what happens is, as a cop, you see the only bad, well, yeah. mostly. Like most of your job, you're seeing negative things. You're seeing meeting negative people and people that aren't and doing things legally. So you see that and then you start to think, okay, well, I've seen a lot of this type of person. So I'm just going to think that everybody is like that, but it's not true. And, and I think that they need help working through that shit. Well, yeah, I mean, it's. It's the same as in the military. I mean, I'm sure there's a lot of cops that suffer from PS- PTSD. Yeah. PTSD. I mean, you know, they're they're on the front line yeah. all day. And it is no excuse, but it's like you need to address yeah. this because it's clearly not being addressed. But you know, the the I I read this thing the other day that you know the major difference is a soldier is is you know his job is to do this and a police is to do the opposite to protect and serve you know it's different it shouldn't be like the military yeah you know what do you think you can do as a as a white dude right because it's kind of hard you want to stand with uh with the with black people and be like i support you and i I appreciate you, but then sometimes they're like, this is our fight. Leave it alone. Yeah, but you – I don't – it's so hard these days to I know. show your support. <laughs> you I know? know? It's, it's weird. It's like Justin Timberlake got criticized for saying that thing. And his intention was, I'm sure, to be inclusive because he's obviously been directly influenced by black yeah. art, you know, from the beginning. Clearly. I mean, he was a total Michael Jackson influence, you know? So, yeah. So you can't begrudge somebody's influence by what you make because it's so good. But you can nail them for, like, not paying the royalties to the right people. Like Led Zeppelin, they took a lot from black artists. Yeah. Nobody got paid on that. You know, so, I mean, the, the Rolling Stones were better at it than they actually included the, you know... They got gigs for the black guys, you know, on the, especially at the beginning. And, you know, they've been better all the way all the way around with it. But everybody else, yeah, there's still the, uh, 
But again, that pendulum is swinging like they're going crazy with the, the appropriate, what's the word? Appropriation? Appropriation of the art and culture and stuff. It has to swing to the radical thing before it gets back to the middle again where people finally go, okay, let's not compromise, but let's find something that everybody can, can, can live with, you know. So, but first, it has to be radicalized so people pay attention to it. It's true. Yeah. So the good thing about Black Lives Matter is it's, it may infuse the, uh, uh, the indigenous people. It may infuse Asians. I mean, you know, for all, all groups to get up and go, okay, we got to fight this, you know. And the only way we can support it is if they let us in the parade. Yeah. And our money, you know, is like, you know, the, the thing you know, people always go, well, you know, it's, you know, I hate the fact that the, this gorilla died and everybody cares about that. Nobody cares. But, well, see, the gorilla is easy. The, it's easy because y- there's a petition you sign. You, you say to the zoo, well, you got to have bigger barriers and this and that. You got to, you know what I mean? It's it's easy to go. Oh, but where do I go for the police brutality where's the petition i signed for that where's the yeah the spending on the you know if you if you can show me that i will sign it and i will send i will send some money yeah but, you know i think that's what's uh, happened though other than it? that i i i don't know yeah none of them are getting punished none of them are being uh charged yeah. with anything and it's just it just keeps happening and then you forget three months ago that this person was murdered and nobody says anything and the police departments don't make any statements and yeah. it just slowly goes away and that's got to stop also i have my, my little pet peeve is about the animal thing people always say you know there's so much concern about the animal well the treatment of animals is our first introduction to treating life fairly or like having some compassion at all yeah the way people treat animals you can tell it 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 bleeds into how they treat people. So some guy that can kill a dog, no, he has no Those problem are serial killers. a black person or this or that. Yeah. You know what I mean? It, it's your first lesson in life that you have to respect life. And, and, and you know, it's possible for us. I, I still care about the whales. I still care about the dolphin. I care about the gorilla. But I also care about the guy that was just shot in yeah. Miami. You know what I mean? It's possible to care about one or two things, three, four, five, ten. I mean, yeah. I, there's still all kind. I still care about the military. I still, you know, I mean, all all those things. Do you think that this is a, a like a new thing that is just happening more and more? Do you think it's just because we have social media and now we hear about it way more than you well, would yeah, have heard it's, before? It's, it's it's easier to bitch about it. Well, they yeah. all have cameras now, yeah. and that's how they can well, protect themselves. I mean, I mean yeah, the, the, I I always think the cameras is a good thing. You know? Oh, I think it's a great yeah. thing. I mean, I, I you know if. I'm kind of leaning on that side of if you're not doing anything wrong, who cares who sees Yeah. Oh, if they didn't have a, a camera, do you think that somebody, even the woman who her husband was shot right next to her and her kid was in the back seat, do you think that if there was no camera, she would have been able to say, they sh- they just shot my husband for no reason? The cops yeah. would have been like, nope, it, he it, did this, it, he it, did that. It, it wouldn't They'd have lie. The, the press and stuff. So it's good. But again, it has to swing way out there yeah. before it comes back to the middle. But it's so sad that so many people have to die before <laughs> Yeah, well, <laughs> loss of life is always, you know, it's like, uh, you know, those memes on Facebook. Name one thing you'd want to, to not have in our society. Yeah. I would say cruelty. Cruelty is the ultimate, you know what I mean? To, to kill somebody, to take away their life, that's the ultimate cruelty. Yeah. You know, so just, you know, if everybody was less cruel, this would be a lot better. A better world. Place to live. It know? would be. So you were really sick for a while. Um, yeah, for well, for a good year and a half, I didn't perform, and it was very uh, uh, about two months before I was notified that I was going to get a liver. I tried to commit suicide. I, I swallowed a bottle of pills. Oh my like, god! Uh, Seventy-five dilaton, and the only thing that saved me was I'm an ex-drug addict. So your body so was like, party, we're that. having a party. So, you know, <laughs> I woke up six hours later. I'd fallen out of the bed and I was bleeding and everything. And they put me in the hospital. And every day the nurses would go, sorry, but we can't give you anything for the pain. And I go, no, I'm good. I, I'm not feeling any pain whatsoever. For three days I was high. Wow. You know, so I, I was lucky. But I wrote the notes. I did the whole nine yards. This is when you were this, getting really sick and you yeah, just didn't want so to. I was so sick that it was like it took everything just to get up out of bed and go to the bathroom which was six feet away 
You know what I mean? It was everything. And I and it, I had to wear diapers. I was so, you know, the pain constantly. I, could, I couldn't lie on my sides. I had to lie on my back, which is like the worst for me. And, you know. And you had what? You had what was it called? What's the uh, cirrhosis of the liver okay. due to Hep C? Okay. Hep C is like you know, just uh, like Pam Anderson. It's really, I mean, th- there's more people infected with Hep C now than AIDS. You know? Really, and uh, it's just, uh, especially the baby boomers. Like they say, anybody born between 45 and 75, something like that. They're the ones that need to be tested. So yeah, and and it's a really simple blood test. It's two 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 blood samples, yeah. and that's it. And they they know whether or not you're you're in, uh, inflicted with it. But, I know I was vaccinated yeah. for it in high school. Um, I don't I think uh, was is there a vaccination I against Hep C? I I, I don't I think Hep C. I thought there was maybe maybe A and B, but I, I'm, oh, I'm not an authority on that. But uh, yeah, it's. Uh, it's killing a lot of people. You know, Scary. Yeah, and uh, I was very fortunate because I had a, a rare blood type, and there was only one person ahead of me on the list. So I was only technically on the list for about two and a half months. Yeah. And they phoned me and said, yeah. What's your blood type? Uh, I think it's O negative. Okay. I'm AB positive. Yeah, that's the more popular. Okay. So. I think I'm AB positive. But, you know, somebody like you might have to wait longer to yeah. get one. Because there's so many A B positive people ahead of you. Yeah. And and that's the thing that, you know, I, I do a joke about it in my act, but it really happened. I I got like a dozen emails. People said the only reason you're getting a new liver so fast is because you're a celebrity. That's what Fuck I was gonna you. ask, and that's upsetting. And yeah, it was weird because, you know, there's at least a dozen protocols that have to be met, you know, starting with the blood type has to match, but even down to the size of the organ has to match. So uh, a lot of uh, women friends of mine who wanted to donate their, their you know, uh, live tissue and stuff, they they were ultimately rejected because of the size of the organ. It wasn't big enough. So know? do you have a full new liver? Yeah. Wow. Yeah, it was uh, from a deceased person that their, their family graciously, you know, had signed their donor card yeah. and they allowed it to happen. So by the grace of God, I'm here. And I think... I think whoever gave it to me, like, they're very vague on the uh, letters and stuff. They, there's no exact facts. But when I do TV and I say, you know, you know, I, I had my, my, my liver transplant March 17th, 2013. I'm hoping Someone will see somebody it. sitting there going, that could, that could be dead. Have you seen that viral video of the mother that feels her dead baby's heart in the live baby no i haven't oh, don't, don't watch it unless I don't you're usually ready to google ball. that no it's always on your facebook i didn't google it these people just post it and they say this is beautiful and then uh, you watch it and you're in tears like because oh, this, yeah. this this woman clearly is it okay i mean oh it's the a kid beautiful okay the it? kid is it, oh, it's okay. it's a beautiful video because you do see the mom nobody dies realize. no 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 oh, okay. it's just it's just this woman meeting the kid who took who has her child's heart oh, okay. and cool, then she cool. feels her chest and she feels and she, i'm gonna start crying just thinking about yeah, it like just yeah. her face i feel like it's very important to sign your donor card i know uh i had a boyfriend whose mom uh, died of an aneurysm suddenly and she had signed her donor card and she saved like three people's lives yeah. because she did it and it's just it's so important and i think that they, like if if that happened to me if that was if i had a kid and it died and then i knew that my kid's heart was still alive i think that would help me a lot to make I, me I, feel i remember in la a long time ago like my wife my wife said you know we should sign our donor cards and we signed them like you know 20 years ago that kind of thing but i remember giving uh, going for blood tests and stuff and uh my wife could donate blood, but I couldn't because I smoked pot. And I said to her, you know what I mean? If I'm dying, I will take the pot I'll take blood. The, it'll probably be more fun. <laughs> yeah, I will take the pot blood. Give I think that me. they've started to um, – my stepmom actually works for uh, Canadian Blood Services. And I think that they've started to um, – when they're screening, because they used to not let gay men – well, donate because of, yeah, because of AIDS. Um, I can't donate because I have extremely low iron. Like it's the qual- yeah. I don't have very good quality blood. I'm, I'm, I mean, all, all blood should go through a rigorous yeah. screening. Yeah. Uh, you know, tests. And but stuff. I think that they're starting to allow more because you know it's important to have it. I yeah. wanted to donate marrow when I was younger, but I went in and they're like, you don't have enough iron in your right. 
in your that might be a problem. Yeah, yeah you need iron in your butt. <laughs> but, you know, it's it, it's it's amazing because you know sometimes with the donation there are still people out there that actually believe shit like. Well, you know, if I give my eyes, I'll be in heaven going, oh, my, I can't see I know. You know. First of all, if if God exists, <laughs> I'm sure he's going to give you a new pair of eyes. He'll be, he'll be like, thanks for you leaving know. your old eyes. Here's yeah. some new ones. It's like, it's it's just so weird. But the, there are some people that still believe that yeah. kind of shit. They don't want to, you know, they don't want to do anything. The body has to be perfect. Yeah. Wrapped up, no. buried, boom, you know. My, my donor card, I've said I'll donate anything, and I'll donate tissues, eyes, anything. Anything and everything. Take no, whatever you want not. and then burn me. The ultimate recycle. Yeah. <laughs> Take what you want and then burn me. I don't want to yeah. be rotting in the ground. One, one thing, though, I... I I, you know, I, I got a very generic letter, like the way they do it through Toronto. There's no detail, so I don't know exactly who, who donated. But I got a letter, and they said, you know, the guy was a really good father. He always smiled. He loved his Aww. kids. He loved going to the cottage, hunting and fishing and stuff. But I'm pretty sure that he was a little more emotional because you since are? I've got the liver tra- I'll, I'll be watching stuff like Bar Rescue when, <laughs> when, when they revealed the new sign. It, it is better. <laughs> You know, you know, they can finally get out of debt with this new bar. You know, it's like, I'm crying over the bar. What would you do as a constant? Cry oh, fest. that. Oh, my God. Yeah. People should be like that all the time. You know, like, yeah, I, I think the guy who done it was a little, <laughs> a little more sensitive, sensitive than you. Than you. Cry in the drop of a hat. Now it's amazing. I watch America's Got Talent with my wife. I can't. Oh, like, yes, he is good. He should go on to the live show. <laughs> you know, it's like, oh, man. <laughs> That's amazing. Oh, my God. Yeah. I don't know. that. So it's it must feel pretty cool to just be like, you got a second chance at life. Well, yeah. And the the important thing is, you know, I would want the, the donating family to know that I'm not uh, I'm not making light of my second chance. Yeah. Because I, I've known people that have had transplants, kidney transplant, and they, they drink. You yeah. know, the one guy that we knew through our family that owned a bar, he drank himself to death after he got a new kidney. Oh. It was just like, what the fuck are you doing? Yeah. You, you get a second chance and then, you know. It's and like, you blow it. Yeah. So that that I have no tolerance or respect for. What's changed about you then? Well, you know, uh, I mean, I had to start comedy virtually uh, over because uh, after my transplant, I couldn't remember a word of my act. Really? Yeah. And. For a good six months, uh, it took me six months to even attempt to get back on stage. And I was very lucky that the new jokes worked because they're the only ones I could remember. And I was very lucky. About about 80% of all the new stuff I tried worked right from the beginning. So at least I had something. But I had to go to every open mic thing. And, and I was very lucky in the sense that when I went to open mics, they would go, Mike Vuitton, you want to go on our stage? Yeah. yeah, thank you. Is it okay if I go? Yeah, you do. You do whatever you want. So I do like fifteen, twenty, yeah, you know, whatever. And it was good. But uh, the disappointing thing, though, having to go up the ranks again, there was still like way too many blowjob jokes, way too misogynist, homophobic. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Going, Jesus, you know, I, I understand when you're first starting out, talk about what you know. Okay, fine. There's a lot of scatological stuff, but. That's the stuff that you drop right away. As soon as you get new, better jokes, yeah, yeah, yeah. you drop that shit. I have a lot of blowjob jokes. Well, you know, if, <laughs> if they're good, you know. They're, they're, I don't know. Sometimes good, I feel no like problem. I need to evolve. But, but you know, I mean, there, there was just harsh. Yeah. A lot of, like. Not you know, funny, cruel, just, like, wanting you know, to see me. Stuff. Yeah. And, you know, getting back to the Mike Ward thing. Yeah. There, there are people that think that it's very cruel to do a joke like that. And they consider it punching down. And, again, it's not my cup of tea, but. I, yeah, you know it's the precedent in law that we have to stand up for. Yeah, no, I agree. Yeah, I should get less blowjob jokes. But you know, I mean, uh, and I and also I think lately I've been uh, several people have posted stuff like every joke has a victim. Well, I I have like I have a whole bunch of jokes that I don't I, I would no I would debate whether it has a victim or not. Who, who says something you know? stupid like that? That's a dumb comment. Uh, it was, you know, it, it's not it's not one or two. I mean, there's a certain amount of people that believe that that every joke has a victim. Not every joke. I mean, the majority, yeah. But it's not a concrete rule. As in everything, there's always exceptions to everything. So. Yeah. What uh, has your act evolved? Like, well, clearly you talk about. You, do you talk about your suicide attempt on stage? 
Um, sometimes when when I've got the audience in the palm of my hand, yeah, and you I, can, and I feel that they're okay. But uh, you know, to me, uh, the few times that I've had somebody come up to me and say something bad about a joke, like uh, this one woman, I I, I did this joke about. Um, uh, we are the comedy channel on God's TV. When God wants a good laugh, he tunes us in and goes, oh, oh, my me, oh, my me. Because, you know, he wouldn't say, oh, my God. He's, oh, my me. <laughs> oh, my. Look, I gave them free will. Look what they're doing. Jesus, you got to come and see the Jesus. Come here. What? 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 You, oh, you're still mad? Ah, get over. <laughs> and this woman came up to me. Yeah, I, was, I didn't like that Jesus joke. And I went, well. My intention was to make you laugh. My intention was not to make you feel uncomfortable or mm-hmm. you know, mad or angry or offended or anything. So I apologize for my result. Yeah. But I don't apologize for my intent. And if you still have a problem with it, then it's on you. But you have to think of it this way, too. If it wasn't funny, why would God put that idea in my head to begin with? Exactly. Because you think I write all this shit? I don't think so. Are you a, are you a religious person? Well, I, I really religion anything with religion is like a, a a bad word for me. I mean, I I would never call myself a Christian because of all the people that are Christians yeah. or say they're Christians. I don't want to associate with those people. Yeah. But yeah, I mean, the, at the end of the day, you I, believe I, in God. Yeah, I I pray at the at the end of the day, and like before I go on stage, I pray for the dissipation of my anger, the dissipation oh. of you know like a. Uh, I pray for guidance and I pray for like uh, so I can go out there and make people laugh, do my job properly, say something worthwhile. Because uh, for me, uh, the best thing about comedy is when we can point out that the emperor has no clothes. You know, like when the not when the Nazis took over other countries, the first people they put in jail was the intellectuals, the teachers, the artists. And the comedians, anyone who basically could get in front of a crowd and say, this is bullshit. Yeah. They locked them all up. So at at our best, we're doing that. So when people go out there and just fucking jerk off on stage, it's wasting the moment because we're we're better than that. You know, we have stuff to say. And we have a powerful position. I mean, like, even whether I tell a bunch of blowjob jokes or not, I still get girls coming up to me and some guys that say that they appreciate what I talk about. You know, there's always going to be somebody that gets what you're talking well, about. Well, also, too, you know, the thing that bothers me that when men go, oh, you know, I wish women would stop saying, no, 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 no. If every man stopped doing sexist, misogynist bullshit now, it would still take, a lot, what, another millennium oh, for yeah. the women to catch up? Yeah. If you did the same thing, it would take a, a millennium for you to catch up to where the guys are. So these guys that don't want to take their lumps, fuck you. You know what I mean? Fuck them. You, yeah. You got to take your lumps. If you, you know, the, the oppressor can't say when the oppression's over. Yeah. You know, you don't get to say that. You know, okay, let's play nice now. Let's play fair. Fuck you. Do you f- it hasn't been fair. If that, there are still pe- There are still women alive that remember when they couldn't vote. And they were voting age. They weren't like three no. or four years yeah. old. They were like voting age, 26. And they, you know, I mean, Quebec didn't get the vote for women till 1942, 45, somewhere around That's there. That's insane. You know, that, yeah. So the guy, hey, what about the, fuck you, you know, like, go, go home. Yeah. If you can't take the lumps, get the fuck out, you know, shut up, you baby. <laughs> <laughs> and you've been, how long have you, how long have you been in comedy now? How long has- um, it started in summer of 1978. Okay. So what is that? 88. That's 30. My, bro- my brother was born in 79, and he's going to be 37 this year. So that's like 38. Okay. You're almost 40 you years into comedy. You've seen almost. it like go up and down. What if? What have you noticed about like how women in comedy in that whole time? Well, you would hope. You know, I for the most part it gets a little better, but I mean, it's like last week. At the Kamloops Comedy Festival, I had said the guy, oh, "There's no women on the show." They go, "Well, we tried this. This woman was busy. This and that." And I go, "If you're gonna do it again, I really, you know, because what? I mean, I, I remember one time a couple of comedians wanted me to do some fundraisers for uh, animals, you know, for the, for the shelters and stuff for animals. And I said, "If you don't have a woman on the show, you're ignoring half the audience." And when it comes to animals. 
the women are, are more into this than the men. So yes. why, why are you ignoring? So it, it's it's good in a way that there's more and there's, there's more women out there. But it's still sad that I have to say enough with the white male parade. You know, enough. Yeah. You know, just get, and I personally prefer to follow women on stage because there's less chance of me having to follow dick jokes. Yeah. Well, with not with woman. me. <laughs> <laughs> not with, well, maybe not. <laughs> but you know, I mean, for the most part, I don't have to follow. Yeah. Bullshit misogyny after after a woman, so yeah. it's nice. But you know, it, it is getting better though. Uh, they're they're getting a lot better because I remember in the '80s, the few women that did go on stage i would follow them and sometimes i would open open with the line and now for the opposing view and people laugh yeah you know what i mean there was two again but it had to swing out to yeah. the radical thing you know and then come back in the middle so i i think i think they're they're getting there but you know every time i read about a woman like the jennifer grant thing and the corporate gig and the guys saying this kind of so yeah. there's still a lot to do. There's still a lot to fix. Yeah, and it happens a lot. Like I had a guy shout out. Um, uh, he said, "I want to slap my dick across your face in the middle of the show." And yeah, my act is very yeah. sexual, but it doesn't matter. I I just like looked at him like he was crazy. I'm like, you, "Would you? Would your mother like to hear that you said <laughs> that to me? Like seriously? Like what is your? What is with you? <laughs> like I just don't understand sometimes." Well, what it is but like i don't know i i never want to be thought of as a female comedian i just want to be a comedian well, yeah. uh, and i don't I, think I, any girl wants to be a female i do a comedian, joke the, the few times that i've emceed i i do sometimes i go the, uh, our next person our next guest is a woman but not that that should matter because what the great thing about comedy is it only matters if you're funny like if jesus came back to earth right now and wants to stand up okay for the first five minutes we'd let him say anything because we're just happy to see him we we'd be on our phones it's jesus come come to the club he's here i can't believe it but if he wasn't funny after five minutes there'd be people going don't quit your carpenter job boom you know what i mean so yeah and then i bring on the woman and everything's fine but they had a thing uh, a little while ago in the Ottawa community thing talking about uh, Karen Joy was saying, you know, it'd be nice if the guy stopped bringing us up like our next one is female, blah, blah, you know, yeah. blah, 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 you know. So, I mean, just just having a little respect when, when it comes to intro, just just, you know, tell them what you want to be said and say it. You don't yeah. have to put your slant on it you know i mean if it's funny and you 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 have a relationship with that woman that you know you can kid yeah fine it's different but just overall just have a little respect if we all respected everybody a little bit more it wouldn't be a bad thing well when i'm hosting sometimes i'll bring men up as this guy is just sexy as hell because that happens a lot like you go she's so pretty or but she has actual credits but no like so uh, like and audiences like that or or once in a while like if i'm headlining and it's all guys in front of me i i love going up and saying give it up for all the dudes you just saw isn't it really nice to see guys getting into comedy finally (laughs) and crowds like it they get it and yeah you're 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 pretending to yeah. the elephant in the room, which is great. Because that's the only thing about being a female comic that really bothers me is that we are all prejudged before we get on stage. Oh, yeah. No one will look at a, uh, at a white dude and be like, oh, great, another white guy. But yeah, I've heard exactly. it as I've been walking up to stage. Oh, fuck a chick. I've ah. heard it. I stopped a show and I wouldn't continue until that person left ah. once. Because I'm like, fuck you. You're just judging me. You don't even know if I'm funny. <laughs> So, yeah. You know, on that thread, the Ottawa comedy thing, they were listing all these things. They were joking about things to say in the intro and stuff. And then I said, is fuckable okay? <laughs> Signed, Mike missing the point entirely, McDonald's. Exactly. That's totally <laughs> yeah, it. So it. It got a good laugh. But, anyways, yeah. But, yeah, it's just uh, a little a little respect all the way around. For everybody. It's not going to be a bad thing. Yeah. yeah. And so... In, since you've been in comedy, you've seen it go up and down, and then you were around in the 90s where I feel like – I talked about this with somebody else where it felt, I felt like in the 90s, your act, you didn't really have to keep writing. You would just get this great act, and it would just tour for a couple of years. It kind of yeah. – not every comic, but it happened a lot that, like, that's what was happening. And people wanted you to come back and do those same jokes. Right. But now it's completely changed, and nobody wants to see the same jokes well, yeah, I, I find I've always been extremely lucky in that sense because 
my act is like a bonsai tree, right? I I, I keep trimming it. It's yeah. the same tree, but the branches get different. Cut off. You know what I mean? So I'll go up there and I'll start to do a joke, and somebody will think in the audience, "Oh, he's doing that joke. Oh, yeah, it's great." But then when I get to the end, there's three new tags to it, and they go, "Oh, it's new too." Oh, you know, so it's the best of both worlds. Because I used to get a lot of people, I come in uh, six months later with a completely different hour. Or I'd choose to do a completely different hour. Not write an hour in yeah. that money, but just choose to do it. And they go, oh, how come you didn't do I brought my friends. You didn't do that joke. So I've been extremely lucky where I get a little bit of both. Yeah. There's always something familiar, but then there's always new stuff. Because the only thing that keeps it interesting for me is the new tag. Yeah. And, you know, if you're up there doing an hour show every headlining spot... When you add a couple of new tags, automatically something gets dropped, Mm -hmm. you know, and it's usually a joke where I'm tired of saying it or whatever, and I drop it, and then I bring it back when it's fresh again, so, you know. I do that, too. I don't write set lists anymore, either. I just, for me, if I don't have, if I have a set list, I stress out too much that I have to have it perfect, that I have to be like, oh, if I miss a joke, I fucked up. So that stresses me out on stage. I just go up without a set list. And I also kind of like the fear of not knowing what I'm going or where this is going to go. But it's also, I find it's easier to connect with a crowd when you don't know where you're going. And then you talk to people and like, like uh, at the show last night, there were those two dudes in the front row that were 23 or whatever. I never opened with what I opened last night with last night, but, but Frosty had just talked to them about how old they were and everything. So it just kind of worked. And I think that. Like I just feel like I'm finally comfortable enough on stage to do that. Before that, that, it wasn't. That's the key, getting comfortable on stage. Yeah, before big, I couldn't uh, do that. Big hurdle to get over. Yeah, getting comfortable out there. And then you get too comfortable. <laughs> 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 and then you just start gliding around and not being funny anymore. <laughs> yeah, yeah the, the worst thing is the people that go. So what else? Is, don't say that. I've done that just that. when I'm like thinking and I can't so think of something. So what else do you want to talk about? <laughs> Shut I, up. Talk I, about. We, you don't ask us. I I do that. I'm guilty of that. And yeah. I, every time I do it, I cringe inside. I'm like, what are you doing, Kathleen? Just move along yeah, and talk. It's, it's like the old joke about the uh, the band, you know. Everybody sing along. No, you fucking yeah. sing. I paid to get in here. Fuck you. I'm not singing. Yeah. If I want to sing, I'll go to karaoke. Fuck you. Sing. <laughs> don't fucking but, ask me to sing. But I don't know. There's lots of people at concerts that love singing. I had like a whole concert oh, yeah. ruined because the guy behind Coldplay me was fans. singing. <laughs> Apparently, they, they love to sing every song. <laughs> I've seen so many videos of la, la, you know, Yeah, right. yeah, yeah. Singing yeah. along, waving the hands yeah. back and forth. Can you think of a joke that you wish you wrote? Oh, and yeah. he wrote uh, it? A like million. What, well, there what's was one this, that comes to mind? Like There's this one guy in New York that I saw him a long time ago. It was the late 80s. And, you know, he, he basically bombed, but he said one funny thing in the middle. And I went up to him later and I said, can I buy that joke? Because I have a bit that it would... It would fit in, and uh, you know, it's a big hunk, five yeah. minute bit. And he said, and he acted like I was going to take his child, you know. And, and I yeah. said, look, I'm just asking. Yeah, you, you can say no. It's okay. I'm not going to steal it. Yeah. So, but now I've never seen him again. I wonder if he still does. Get, but that joke is just floating out. He he would make a Charlie Manson reference, and then he'd say, "That was my first Charlie Manson reference, which I will be making three of tonight." As per his instructions. <laughs> and I thought, I, I got this whole five-minute Manson bit. That yeah. That would be the capper. And that would be, you know. So I was I was willing to pay him like 100 bucks. Yeah. Minimum. Yeah. But he, he just, did. he, but, you know, now I'm sitting there going, that line's floating somewhere in the universe. Yeah. You know, who who knows? Do you this remember guy, his name? No, no. He was so you just couldn't look in, him up on Facebook no, and be like, yo, are you still doing comedy? Can no, I take yeah. That? He was an open micer kind of thing. And, uh and it was weird because, you know, it's so weird to me when you watch somebody do like 10 minutes and there's only one thing funny. Yeah. It's like I always think, well, how can you come up with that one killer funny thing and not anything else? Not, yeah. not even anything close. But it's the same thing, I guess, as uh, one hit wonder bands. Yes. Yeah. You know, how come that song was so great and you couldn't get an, oh, well, another you know, one? That's the way it is. Maybe that's why he didn't want to sell it because he knew that was his only killer I, that might have been very true yeah. and then so but it, it's a line that i always think about i go ah it's floating out yeah. there one time though the funniest i was playing with a kid i i don't want to mention the name because i think he still does it 
but he did this Canadian jug. I was working with him on a two-week run, right? So we'd see each other for the two weeks. And he did this joke about like Canadian Canadians, you know, they they hit they hit the polar bear over the head with their hockey stick, and they go back to their eagle, you know, something like that. And I just went, ah, oh, jeez, and I bought it off him. Yeah. Right. I bought the joke off him, and then two nights later, like two shows later, he goes up. He goes, I've been watching you the last couple of nights. You didn't do the joke that I sold you. Uh, how come? And I go, I I didn't buy it to do it. I I bought it because I didn't want to hear you doing it. I bought it and I threw it out. But it's my joke. Don't ever fucking do it again, especially in my presence. And the look on his face was just like, what? Yeah, oh that's right. God. I paid 100 bucks to not hear you do it for the rest of the two weeks. <laughs> that's amazing. I love that. That is like, that's brilliant. <laughs> that's so funny. I wish, like, maybe if you if I became a really rich comic, maybe I would start just walking around and buying jokes and throwing them away. That's so funny. Oh, yeah. If I had if I had lots of money, yeah. I'd be a terror. Yeah. <laughs> I'd be buying all kinds of shit just so I wouldn't have to fucking hear it again. <laughs> And this, do you think this person still does comedy? Oh, I, I know he does. Okay, you got to tell yeah. me who it is off. No. Well, off. Oh, we'll have yeah, to. Yeah, I got I got Yeah, he, he's writing on a comedy show down in L.A. now. Is he American? Oh, yeah. Yeah, okay. Yeah, it was That's... American. Yeah, I bought it off. He was so happy. Wow, I sold my first joke. What yeah, was his face when you said, I just don't want you to ever do it again? <laughs> it was like, uh, uh, are you kidding? No, I'm not kidding. It was like, oh, man. I yeah, love yeah, it. I don't like that joke. Oh my god, that's amazing. That's <laughs> it was amazing. it was worth the hundred bucks just yeah. to see the look on his face. <laughs> <laughs> I want to do that to someone. I can't even think of who I would do that to, but I. W- <laughs> that's hilarious. That's such a good move. I love it. <laughs> oh my god. Um, I I don't know what 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 else? We, what time? What time are we at? Because we got a show. Yeah, I think so. Opening up, but um, okay. Well, yeah. If uh, wrap it up. Are you gonna? I think that because you're at 38 years now, 37 Mm -hmm. years. Are you gonna do a big 40th year tour Um, or special? I think you should be doing this. I think you should be working. Well, I hope so. I mean, right now, I think the only way I can do it is I'm gonna go directly to the to the audience, like crowdfunding. Yeah. Because I have an idea. I've always wanted to do this. For you know, for a long time, I've thought this. That the problem with stand-up comedy, it's the only art form that doesn't use the medium that it's presented in, on television especially. On television, we can do all these things, but stand-up just says, no, I just want to stand there and talk. Yeah. And so I want to make a spot, but I can't even pitch the idea to anybody else, like network guys, because I'm afraid they'll steal it. So now, just do a crowdfund and just say you, yeah, you're doing a 40th I, anniversary special. I, I want to be the first one to do it. And the first of all, most people aren't interested in what I want to do. So I can't get meetings just on that. Yeah. Secondly, they always tell me, well, well, well this is going to cost more than a normal special. Why don't you just do a normal? No, I don't want to do a normal. I want to do something that stands that out. will be a legacy kind of thing that yeah. you know I've, I've got one trick left in this old dog so i, I want to do that did you so. ever see harlan's special where he does it in, in nature just him on top of a mountain uh no it's no. ridiculously interesting oh cool. I, I mean it's not like crowd killing but it's just interesting to see a, a stand-up comic do something and nobody's watching right it's I I I really want to do something, something cool, different than yeah. everything else because especially on Netflix, a lot of these comedy specials are all the same kind yeah. of vibe, you know. And it's like I'm just tired of it. Yeah, you know, especially when you know when you look at like the innovators of television back in the '60s, like Ernie Koufax and stuff like that. They did all kinds of, st- you know, they used the medium they were in. Yeah. And stand-up is just, it's the only art form that, I mean, even with dance, like, so you think you can dance, they use the camera, you know, they, they, you know, they have lights, they have this, they have, I mean, all this stuff. Yeah. But stand-up is just, no, I'm just going to stand there and talk. I think it's changing. I think it's, you're ahead of the curve on this. I can't wait to see it when it comes out. You will be. I, I, I hope I can get it out because I think it's, uh, and then, and then the coolest thing is. The formula can be applied to other people that do my type of comedy. Yeah. So I, I would want it to be passed on to other people. Yeah. How can people find you online so that they can support it once uh, it comes out? 
well, uh, hopefully it'll be a crowdfunding thing that I'll post on Facebook. But anybody who wants to, to follow me on Facebook, I'm under Mike Allen McDonald. Eight, that's, two L's or one L? Uh, two L's. Okay. And that that's my whole name and you'll you'll recognize the picture yeah, you'll when recognize you get there. You. Right. And do you have a Twitter or anything? Uh I do have a Twitter but it's uh it's hard for me to you know half the stuff I write I can't put it on Twitter oh, it's too short. It's, yeah, it's yeah. Well, well it's too long. Yeah, no like too yeah, long you don't for have Twitter. Enough characters. Yeah. Yeah. So uh the ones I can I post but yeah. uh it, it's about half, half and half. Half of them I can't, half of them I do, but I'm I'm always posting something on Facebook. Yeah, your Facebook I love. Cool. Thanks. It's always amazing. Thank you so much for coming right, on and talking thanks. to me. You're I love you. Thanks. <laughs> <laughs> love you too. Oh, thank you. <laughs> well, I got to the end of the road. But it bridges wherever I go. But I promise you this I am getting my kicks. So fuck you, this is my fucking best. Well, I got sick of living life. Counting down to get from that fight. So I'm learning new tricks where you all take the piss. And I'm living at my fucking end. And I live in the past and wherever I go. And I'll take all those chances before I get old. But I promise you this, I am getting my kicks. So take you this advice from today.